0: everybody this is suds buds presents pints and pixar the podcast where we chat about the films of our childhood over an adult beverage uh as always i'm here with my co-host of suds buds mr nate up Woo! what's going
1: on dude all oh, excited to be uh back in the saddle again here
0: i i feel like we should establish early are we <laughs> calling this a season three or is this its ooh, own entity
1: ooh. well you know how we do like um decimal ratings for beer? Yeah. Maybe we call this one like Season 2.5?
0: Ooh, or Suds Buds version
1: 2.0. Well, but version 2.0 that means we're going to just keep doing it.
0: Yeah, or but better. That's true. I I, I you know, okay. it's a bold statement to put out a product with a version 2.0 behind it and make it worse than the first one.
2: Well,
1: I, but it happens. It happens, but I mean, I mean that's some
0: bad marketing. I think that's uh, Have you
1: ever updated your phone? <laughs> <laughs> they it's, do that shit all the time.
0: Maybe that's why this kind of been not working for the last <laughs> month.
1: That's a very real possibility. Yeah. Yeah, gonna some say, get, issues, get some of that uh sweet apple um apple court case money. Uh yeah. class action lawsuit money. Heard about that. Heard think, about that. Think everybody's entitled to something like $4 from that? Yeah. Yippee love it
0: yeah take that off my next uh 1200 phone as a rebate i guess (laughs) thanks apple but uh we're actually gonna touch on some apple stuff later in this podcast but we'll save that for a little later down the line um yeah again this is suds buds same as always good buds talking good suds but instead of with the wonderful workers of the beer industry it's just us two and we're doing (laughs) deep dives on something we uh we both enjoy quite a bit and that's uh pixar films yeah. So, I, I guess uh, the first thing to maybe touch on is like the why. Why are we doing this? Um, I, I guess maybe I'll feed you the ball on that one.
1: Well, I think one thing we kind of realized with our last season of Suds Buds was that it was pretty difficult to, you know, with the with the pandemic, everything going on, pretty difficult to find people to interview, difficult to, you know, and doing it over Zoom. It sucks. Everybody likes to pretend Zoom is fine. Yeah. Like some, oh, it's a fine alternate. I'm like, it's not. It's really not. It is. I don't. It's like, it's almost like emailing people. Yeah. Where like you just, there's not a, it doesn't feel like a conversation. It feels like I say something and then it takes a second and then they come back.
0: Yeah, probably slightly better than email, but I agree. It's kind of a definitely like a band-aid on lack of social interaction.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we kinda of decided we should, you know, pivot to a little something, something new. Um, still keep the beer focus in there, but uh there's something we can talk about for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. We wanted something that we could kind of like you know, attach a number two. Like, I know uh, you hopped on the second season of Suds Buds, but you guessed on a few. I think I've done, like, I did, like, 24 episodes of that, and you did...
1: About tw- uh, six, 14? 14 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I did the whole second, and I think I was on twice for season one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So I think, yeah, just, like, setting out to do something that we could, like, you know, see an end in sight, have some goals to 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 check off and uh yep. yeah just know that we're going to try to put out you know the best uh 25 or so episodes that we can here for you just talking about the films of our childhood over an adult beverage
1: I forgot that that's about how many how many Pixar movies there are There's quite a few It's <laughs> a lot
0: Yeah there's quite a few Um yeah I mean I guess also to touch on the why of doing this um during the last year I think we've all had a lot of time at home just to you know a lot of people have Had this big uh, nostalgia, got on this big nostalgia kick. And uh, Pixar has definitely been something that uh, I've gone to during this pandemic to kind of watch and just kind of lift my spirits. Their, Their films always have a way of doing that. And also, you know, making you, I think as an adult watching a Pixar film, you walk away feeling like there's, you know, areas of improvement that you're now aware of. That you could focus on um, especially in the more recent ones I feel like they've gotten you know, movies like Up
1: yeah there's this like every Pixar movie's got those heavy parts but some of those newer ones are a little heavier yeah yep
0: well uh yeah man I think uh before we go any further we should probably get to the uh the suds part of this mm, well this podcast
1: I don't mind if I do
0: so what are we drinking today,
1: Nate? Uh, today we've got uh, we got you know we figure we jump back in with a a bald man brewing beer you know yeah um, we why not? exactly we've got into the void Belgian Belgian triple yes yeah I always forget if it's the triple or the strong ale yeah. oh man yeah, now yeah.
0: you're uh, you're working with a corked bottle over there I... and that's. Uh... For people listening, you can still find Into the Void on tap, but this is, uh, we're not selling it this way right now. This is a little gift from the bald man himself, uh, brewer man Tristan, so.
1: Got a little secret stash of these hidden somewhere in the fridge.
0: You okay over there, Nate?
1: Maybe. I'm, like, the cork's starting to kind of break, so I'm trying to not screw that up.
0: Not a great sign.
1: This is almost exactly what happened to me last time I had to cork, open a cork bottle on air. (laughs) Like, I, I pre-removed, like, the golden top. Yeah. The wire top. But, wow. It is on here. Why don't you take a spot? Why don't you take a stab at I'm it? I'm going
0: to take a quick stab at this. Uh, Yeah. It
1: uh. <laughs> kind of felt like one of those things where, like, everybody's trying to watch you do something. Oh. Oh, he's doing it. Uh, maybe not. Not as far along. And oh. we've got a broken cord, hey. so uh,
0: we're going to take a quick little break here, do some surgery on a bottle, and resume with our, uh, our pilot episode of <laughs> Pints and Pixar.
1: Season 2.5, off to a strong start.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll be right back, everybody. What's up, everybody? We are back. Uh, Suds Buds presents pints and pixar uh yeah a little malfunction there not on the technical side it was definitely uh on our end a little operator error uh, so. yeah
1: i no i we'll, we'll take full responsibility here i was gonna try to put off some responsibility there but uh <laughs> nate was struggling <laughs> with see, a cork yeah. and oh, he, oh, he
0: snapped it clean off well i actually snapped it he oh okay he did most of the work i just kind of you know i'm sorry
1: wait did i snap it or did it break off in my hand or your hand
0: well i think it was you know you're a scrappy guy, and you were working with that for, like, five whole minutes. And then when you handed over, my bear-like strength just kind of, <laughs> you know, ripped the court clean in half. But uh, we salvaged it. I salvaged it, I guess. Ah. Um, and, you know, Nate's now got a beer in front of him. But that's usually how it works. If if, near's, Nate, near. if Nate's got a beer in front of him, it's usually because, you know, I saved his day in some
1: <laughs> way, shape, or form. But. And I feel like that says more about you than it does about me that um oh yeah that, for sure i'm a yeah. hero dude oh yeah hero <laughs> that's that's what it is enabler hero you know you do one of the two
0: yeah okay okay <laughs> well uh yeah let's uh let's bring it back around so uh yeah we're doing a pixar podcast uh we love these movies they're nostalgic to us they mean a lot um we enjoy revisiting them and we hope you uh, feel so inclined to do the same and revisit them along with us. So that's what we're here to do. And uh, we're starting by tackling the Toy Story series. So our first four episodes here this first uh, month are all going to be all all the Toy Story films. So uh, we figured, you know, it only makes sense to start with the first one.
1: Yep. And then, um, it, and I mean, we kind of went back and forth on is it better to watch all four in one run? Or just go chronologically with Pixar movies. But I feel like I don't know, it'd be weird to go back and talk Toy Story again later on.
0: Yeah, that was a salsa Dave idea. He was he's you know, he's always good at questioning my ideas, which I appreciate. Yeah, so yeah, I uh, you know, shut out. Um, but yeah, I think for for the sake of our memories, maybe it's better to do all four in one straight run. Yeah.
1: So. I am very excited though to get to a bug's life. Yeah. felt like that that, uh, that movie was slept on a lot, and I don't get it.
0: I'm excited to get to Toy Story 4, because I still haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that one? haven't seen oh, Toy Story good. 4. It's a good one. I looked at this today. I think there's 23 Pixar films right now, mm-hmm. feature length, Okay. and I think I've seen like 19 of them. So.
1: Yeah, there's a couple sprinkled in there. I don't think I've seen Cars 2 or 3. I know for sure I've seen the first one, and maybe I saw the second one, but I don't know for sure.
0: Yeah, Cars three I haven't gotten around to yet, but we'll get there. That's hey. what this podcast is all about, you know. Unless a meteor strikes Studio or something, we're gonna we're gonna watch a lot of Pixar with you guys. So uh, <laughs> this week we started out with the first Toy Story, uh, film that came out in the year of nineteen ninety five when we were both wee little lads. I was barely even born.
1: I was three. Yeah, would have been three.
0: You got any early childhood memories of Toy Story? Oh my God!
1: Um, I was saying it earlier. Toy Story is you know, you know every kid's got that one movie that like they, they just always want to watch. Yep. Like it does. You walk into the room, the kid does kid doesn't even know how to like go to the bathroom by themselves, but they know how to start a movie on the TV. This was that movie. Yeah, you me, get it.
0: Me one hundred percent. Me one hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Uh. So this one. Yeah, big part of my childhood. I owned, you know, basically every toy that was in that movie. I had the Buzz Lightyear, I had the Woody. Actually, my Buzz Lightyear's arm did fall off one time. No way. Yep, yep. Um, It was the wrong arm. Sure. But the arm was off. Um, (laughs) And it doesn't, in the movie, it's like a screw-in part where it's like, oh, that'd be an easy fix. That's not how it is in real
0: life. No, it's like a ball and socket.
1: Yeah, yeah. So couldn't really fix it, but... uh, Had that, uh, had even had the RC car, um, Potato Head. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really play with them all that much. It was just like, oh, I want the thing that is in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, owned all that actually. My Oktoberfest Stein. I'll see if I can get a, I'll get a picture of it, put it up on the Instagram. Um, it's my favorite Stein. I found it at a uh, Goodwill a couple years ago. And it's just that real cheesy face, Buzz Lightyear face, um, sure. like the one he makes when he's like pretending that he's not alive. Yep. Um, and it's just that it's just the face as the, the, the entire resting Stein Buzz face. Yeah, <laughs> resting Buzz face. Yeah, it's just that as the Stein. Um, it's only a 12 ounce Stein, but I brought it to Gastav's Oktoberfest a couple years ago. Yeah. And they love the mug, and the girl working the bar told me she's like if you just come to me I'll give you every fourth beer free. <laughs> she like didn't want me to lose out on ounces, loved the mug. Yeah. I was even wearing my space vest, like I went all out kind of That's um, amazing. Yeah, it was a good shout out to gas stops.
0: Such a magical place.
1: It uh it's weird being there like any other time other than Oktoberfest. Yeah. Like I know it is a pretty cool looking bar. Um but, yeah, like, I never really get over to that area unless it's Oktoberfest. Time
0: just melts in that place, I swear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout-out to Gastovs for sure. Um. So, yeah, Toy Story in your childhood. As far as me growing up, I mean, my mom's sister, so my aunt, she, she had a place in uh, Orlando when I was a little kid. So I always would, uh, you know, my mom was a school nurse, always had summers off. So, you know, we'd go down to Orlando when I was a wee... <laughs> We young one. And uh, my aunt, she worked for the hotels down there. And so they always got like park passes to uh, Disney, super affordable. So like, you know, definitely did not grow up super wealthy, but just because of family connections, had the opportunity to go to uh, Disney World like a bunch of times before I was even five. Okay. And, of course, my cousin Brianna, who was a few years older than me and who, you know, I was just a huge pain in her ass at the time. You know, two-year-old to, like, a four-year-old, Oh, God, yeah. Like, you know.
1: There's, like, that weird transition period where, like, toddlers love, like, babies. Yes. And then, like, they move along at the same rate, but eventually the animosity becomes very real.
0: Yes. The terrible twos are a thing, and I feel like I, I was going through them at this time, but I remember just like, you know, she had all the the stuff like the VHSs and the toys and stuff at her place. And I remember watching just just wearing the tape on the the Toy Story VHS out and it was always just it's just learning the talk. So it was just me running around yelling Toy Story again, Toy Story again. Yep. And my cousin Bree was like, "Oh my god, do we have to watch this stupid movie?" You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, needless to say same type of deal also held a very special place in my heart was i mean i can probably say without any doubt in my mind was the film of my childhood at least like ages zero to four probably that and space jam
1: yeah um same i mean pretty much the same for me like if i had to think childhood movie that this would be the one um I called it oi oi as a small child but you know oi oi yeah oy, exactly nice, yeah nice. really rolled off the tongue um but yeah and I mean all my my siblings um well my little sister her her movie was Finding Nemo and so I I understand your cousins um distaste for <laughs> Toy Story cuz Finding Nemo is another one of one of those for me where I'm like god this fucking movie again okay yeah um. But, that's just because, you know.
0: Finding Nemo's a loud movie, too. There's a lot of yelling. Mm-hmm. A lot of yelling. But, uh, I still enjoy that one. I'm looking forward to getting around to that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I'm able to sit here and talk <laughs> Toy Story with someone who also, you know, it's also had an impact on them. Uh, but, uh, what do you think? We watched it back for the... Well, I've seen it. I've been doing my homework here. I've watched this movie probably four times in the last month. Uh, you revisit it for the first time in a handful of years, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it feels like one of those movies like you don't even have to intentionally watch. Like occasionally it just pops on whatever somebody's got it on, and you're like, oh yeah, hell yeah, um, yeah. It. But uh, we just watched it a little bit ago. You know, I got to stay fresh, see all the dumb bits that they've got. Kind um, of love that. The. Uh, just all I, my, I think my favorite scenes are still like early on when Buzz shows up and he's yes. like super into the spaceman thing and everybody's buying into um, it. Space Ranger. Space Ranger. Didn't they? They did have a uh, a Buzz Lightyear cartoon spinoff. Yes. Um, and I keep thinking of scenes from that, and I, <laughs> I
0: remember it was a lot more uh, focused on. Emperor or I don't think it was as much as the Toy Story characters, yeah. I think it was their own spin-off. Characters. Yeah,
1: it was, like, basically the cartoon that the toy would have been based off of. Yeah, yep. Um, but, yeah, I remember, like, that was one of those, like, you know, we never had, like, cable or anything growing up, so, like, whenever I could catch that show, I like, it was all about it. Big deal. Yep. Very cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this, this movie, I'm just starting to realize, like, you know, we've kind of been tossing around the idea of doing a Suds Buds Presents podcast, and we kind of settled on Pixar within the past month. Yep. Um But I'm starting to realize, like, the reach that that production company has, where it's like, I was telling you earlier, I thought, it, I mean, it just cracks me up. Uh, I was, probably a couple weeks ago now, I went to a morning jujitsu jitsu class, and I was pretty wiped out because I'd been up late watching Toy Story the night before <laughs> and I uh, showed up a little late everyone's in there stretching, there's like a half a dozen guys on the mat and Coach is there and I walk in and he's like I don't remember what he said but uh, I was like yeah, I was, you know I think I want to say he implied I was tired I was like, yeah, I was up late watching Toy Story and he's like, Toy Story Sid so misunderstood, right? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, like just a creative kid like where's where's parents he's got no nurturing people around him and i'm just like oh yeah like this my black belt coach gets toy story dude like <laughs> and i think it just it goes to show that like everybody likes toy story like my everybody likes pixar my parents are in their 60s now mm-hmm. and i imagine that them taking me to see that film as a kid or watching that film for the first time with me as a kid they probably walked away with just as much from it, if not more than I did, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's one of those, like, it's... It's just wholesome. Yeah. Like, there's heavy parts that kids might not have understood at the time, but, like, even then, like, the story is, is just a timeless story. Like, there's not, like, a... doesn't age out. Um, there's never a point where it's like, oh, this is just dumb kid humor, whatever. Like... It's just toys doing their shit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. No, I mean, it's, uh, they hold up. And I I think the fact that they don't root themselves, for the most part, too much in, like, a time period really helps them age very gracefully. I mean, like, you know, it, there was nothing, like, watching Toy Story back just today that, like, aged it dramatically as far as, like... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not like there were iPods and stuff. I mean, obviously they weren't a thing then, but it just I feel like they're pretty good at keeping branding off of things unless it really mattered. You know? Yeah, keeping it just kind of time neutral, which I think is a, a really a good take. It really it ensures that your film is going to age better than some.
1: Yeah, I think the only like old thing I noticed, and it was just a quick clip um, where they're showing the living room. Yeah. And there's, like, a TV on a stand and a VCR and a VCR rewinder, or a VHS rewinder, like, sitting on top. And I was like, okay, yeah. That's old school. Yep. Although, at this point, I'm sure that some people now have that in their house as a setup. Yeah. Yep.
0: The very uh, stereotypical delivery driver, like, movie stereotypical (laughs) delivery driver that uh, is spot on until he stops at the gas station to ask for directions. Yep. Like, that's also the one other thing where I'm like, ah, it's... You know, could happen, but mm-hmm. you know, I uh, just pull out the old Google phone.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, uh, uh, they uh, like another thing I always love with Pixar is like the tying in movie to movie, and I'm not sure because isn't uh, a good or good dinosaur is a Pixar movie?
0: I have not seen that one.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't either, but. Um, like the so the gas station that the driver pulls into is called Dino Co, which is is funny because like, <laughs> it's like uh it's like if you were to call um, like Arby's like Pig Factory or something or just like dumb names where it's like yeah this is like. This is why we have gas is because of dinosaurs. Like pigs, Inc. Yeah, exactly. And granted, um, Sinclair I think used to yeah. have like the green dinosaur. I think they kind of stepped away from that, but um, the character model shape is exactly the shape as like good din or the a good dinosaur. Yeah. Which that's a pretty. I don't know if I want to call it morbid reference, but like, oh yeah, the dinosaur is now the gas for the. For the cars, for the delivery driver.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I wonder if Good Dinosaur, if they pulled that from the Toy Story artwork. It definitely, at the time, I think was supposed to be a direct rip on Sinclair. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point. And I I do think we'll find that moving forward, just like Pixar films are notorious for being chock full of Easter eggs and just kind of like, you know. It's kind of like an unwritten thing that all these stories exist in the same universe somehow, you know? Yeah. Inexplicably, you know, suspend your disbelief and just believe that, you know, know, Andy lives down the street from the old man and up.
1: That's why he had to move. (laughs) Neighbors kept flying away.
0: Crazy man with the balloon house. Yeah, between that and Sid blowing up toys in the backyard and... The bug, the bug problem across the, the street. They're the, like, we, we gotta get out of here. They keep trying
1: to go to a picnic and all the bugs keep stealing all this shit.
0: Yeah, crazy superhero problem, like, one neighborhood away.
1: It's, a, it's the Wild West out there.
0: <laughs> Fast times at Pixar High. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, so... What do you say we, we do just kind of a brief grazing over the plot here see if there's any scenes that stand out to us any favorite characters lines anything like that yeah um i guess the one thing i want to note right off the bat is like i think this has such a fantastic opening scene like just like the first two minutes of toy story does such a good job in setting up the movie and introducing us to this this uh uh ensemble of of characters you know i think even though they're playing like a game in that first scene they're doing like uh you know a bank heist Andy's playing a bank heist with his toys yeah between that and the intro where they're all kind of assembled for the the toy hall meeting it's like uh I, I just think within a matter of minutes like you know who all these characters are and i think that's just good writing yeah you know especially because it's like you don't know these people as what actor they are you know you know them based on you know the potato guy or the pig and they just do such a good job of just setting up who these who these people are
1: yeah the who these toys are i I do love i love the town hall thing like i love that woody is just like like just the emperor of these toys like he's yeah exactly head honcho and it's strictly because he's andy's favorite toy like it, it doesn't doesn't really become clear as to why woody is the leader of these these toys
0: i think he's the oldest one i mean i think he's kind of like uh kind of like the elder i mean sure I think it's kind of imple- like you can kind of put an age to like all these other toys because most of them are licensed things mm-hmm. but i've always kind of gotten the feeling that woody's just like a hand-me-down doll kind of thing you know well and, like, and that kind of comes
1: out in the second one right yeah um, and I love, I do love the second one because it also opens in a bank heist scene. Yeah, it yep. does. It does. Yep. And I don't remember if the third one does too. Is that a thing that
0: all of them do? I don't remember. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen the third one, and I haven't seen the fourth. But we okay. will find out. I was gonna
1: say we'll know for sure in uh, four weeks. Yes. Um, but yeah, they. You're right though. Like just introducing all those characters like and it does help that they are all so different like some of them aren't even really a toy as much as just like a like the microphone guy right um but yeah they're all so vastly different character models that it's just easy to figure it out yeah yeah
0: no totally um yeah definitely starts out real strong and it uh it keeps going i think the pacing of this movie is really nice It's just a nice tight 90 minutes um you know, when the credits roll, it just, it feels right, you know? And I think sometimes it's hard to do that with animated films. But sometimes with this, it's like you almost forget you're watching an animated film because it's so well done and the characters come through so strong, even though you're quite literally watching a movie about toys Yeah. in a human world. They just, I don't know, do a great job of humanizing them. But uh, yeah, basically after that little town hall meeting in the movie, they find out that uh, it's... Uh, Andy's birthday which means there's going to be some new toys arriving which is always a big deal they always tune in for that live tune in as uh, Andy's unwrapping his presents and this time around he ends up getting a Buzz Lightyear which is the hot new toy the hot new action figure on the market Space Ranger and uh from there you know we kind of see all of uh Buzz's cool bells and whistles and he quickly becomes the favorite of the group and, uh, we get the second Randy Newman song, um, strange things as, uh, Woody's kind of, you know, feeling defeated and watching Buzz be the the new cool kid on the block. And I think that song was, it, it, it was very, very fitting for that montage.
1: Yeah. He, I got a real love hate relationship with Randy Newman. Yeah. Um, pretty much outside of toy story i do not like his music sure but in toy story i'm like all right yeah yeah, this is fine yeah like it's one of those like begrudgingly like okay fine it works this very singular instance will be all right yeah um but yeah i don't know what it is just the incredibly like satirical song i don't i don't know what i have to dive deeper into why i don't like randy newman it's more of like a knee-jerk reaction
0: yeah, I mean, he's he's a, he's a comedy songwriter, but he's actually got some musical talent.
1: Yeah, but I, I don't... There's something about comedy songs that don't really jive with me.
0: Do you like Tenacious D?
1: I do like Tenacious D, but I only like that Pick a Destiny album. Oh. Like, the other ones never really did it for me. Sure. Um,
0: or Oliver Tree. I don't That's, know who uh, that is. That's one of Salsa Dave's boys. Okay.
1: Um, it's pretty cool. I the scooter
0: scooter tricks and vape tricks. Okay, the bowl um, cut.
1: John Lejoy, I like John Lejoy. John
0: Lejoy is it Lejoy or LeJoy?
1: I'm pretty sure it's Lejoy. We'll go with it. Yeah. Um. Weird Al, I hate Weird Al. Like, I, I, and people. I'm not
0: a huge Weird Al guy. He's fine. Take it or
1: leave it. <laughs> it's just one of those, especially because like they're parody songs. I think that also bothers me. Um, but. It's just something about it. And people are like, oh, but what about this Weird Al song? I'm like, no, 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 no. I think you misunderstand me. I don't like any of them. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, I feel it. I feel like, uh, I've, I've met, I don't know if I've met anyone who's been like, yeah, Weird Al's okay. Like, it's like, you kind of either love it or you, you don't. Yep. Yeah, it's not my cup of tea.
1: Yeah. My, uh, my best buddy, he, uh. Like, went to a weirdo concert for his birthday, like, where has got, like, a t-shirt and everything. And it's one of those things we've just had to stop talking about. Because we both feel very strongly in the opposite direction. Damn. Yep. Probably for the best. Yep.
0: Well, uh, back to Toy Story. Um, so yeah, after the introduction of Buzz, he becomes the new favorite very quickly. And, uh, one evening... Woody sees an opportunity to do something about that. Decides that uh, as Andy's about to leave for dinner at uh, Pizza Place.
1: Pizza P- Planet. Pizza Planet. Oh, excuse my me. God.
0: Pizza Planet. I was going to say Pizza Palace. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right either. Pizza Planet. Um, his mom says, Andy, you know, time to go. We're going to Pizza Planet. He's like, oh, Pizza Planet, let me get my toys. And during this time, Woody decides he's going <laughs> to. Use the RC car. Super dark scene. Super dark scene. Yep, it decides he's gonna manipulate this sleeping RC car to drive into Buzz Lightyear, commit homicide on a toy, and knock Buzz Lightyear off a ledge between a dresser and a wall. Probably, you know, just assuming he'd kill him, right? You know, I,
1: I okay now hit and run. I don't...
0: <laughs> hide the body, for sure.
1: I think the... I mean, the
0: body's hidden. It's... Well, the
1: body's hidden. I think the innocence in me would like to believe that he's just trying to get Buzz stuck behind the dresser so Andy can't find him. So that way, you know, it's not like toys starve to death. You, know, you mm-hmm. never see them eating anything. Um, I guess. I think he was just trying to get him... St- I mean, Buzz, later in the film, Buzz falls like uh, down two flights of stairs. And his arm just pops off. Yeah. And he's fine. And they just and then the weird mutant toys, put him back together. It's he, drinks, fine. he drinks it off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Nesbitt. Uh,
0: Alright, well, maybe we'll...
1: I, I won't... I need to... I don't think what he was trying to murder Buzz. But <laughs> that doesn't make it any more wholesome. He had cruel intentions. Cruel intentions for certain. And also, a, <laughs> it's pretty creepy. Like, the RC car. Like, he's his character. Like, he's got eyes... Like, is clearly just as sentient as anybody else. Yeah. But because there's a controller, like, he's used, like, three times in that movie, completely against his will. Against his his will, will, yeah. Nobody even talks to him about it. They're just like, yo, dude, it's time to go.
0: He's, like, one of the few toys that can't talk. Yep. Like, and he's used pretty prominently. He might be the most prominently used toy outside of, like, the the reject toys, the ones that have been reassembled, that just doesn't talk.
1: Exactly, like most of the toys are just characters but his like they're not used for their functions yeah like he is used exclusively for his function wasn't
0: even in the toy box nope at the very end of the movie when uh woody lands in the the truck he opens the toy box sees the toys and goes "Ah!" and casts them aside to find the freaking rc car oh poor guy man i'm
1: he got a he got a bad shake of it.
0: He deserves his own Pixar short. Whatever happened to that RC car that saved Buzz? Does he even?
1: Ha, I don't think he even has a name. I think it's just RC. Yeah,
0: RC. I think.
1: That's, I mean, there's a lot of things named RC. Yeah,
0: I think it's like you know TJ or like uh, you know, a name like that. I think it be yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. R.C. dot
1: C Royal Cola.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's named after Andy's favorite soft drink.
0: As an Andal Cunningham? Yep. He's RC guy, huh?
1: you know, look at him.
0: (laughs) Be nice, Nate. Uh, So, yeah, after that, after... uh, Attempted toy slaughter? Attempted toy slaughter on Mr. Lightbeer, um, he actually ends up failing. Well, and kind of making it worse. Like, there's a huge thing with a, a rolling globe and a lamp, and Buzz ends up getting knocked out a window. And... Uh, basically from there, we go to the gas station and there's a big fight that happens at the gas station.
1: A lot of jujitsu. A
0: lot of jujitsu yep. that happens under a semi outside the pumps. Um, and then we go to pizza planet and <coughs> Buzz and Woody end up going into the claw machine and
1: that pizza planet layout is just beautiful.
0: Dude. So cool. There was like, I feel like every decent you know you know every like suburban community in the 90s i feel like had something like
1: that like an arcade yeah an arcade restaurant
0: just grungy had like shoot 'em up arcade machines and you know probably a ticket booth and this definitely looked like one that i never had growing up i mean
1: like i said the closest thing is space aliens which is apparently just like a midwest thing yeah and we've only got like four of them
0: Yeah, we had one in St. Cloud growing up.
1: Yep, there's one in Fargo. Um, Albertville. Yeah, they're like all North Metro.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, Pizza Planet, very cool spot. From there, Woody and Buzz end up getting snagged out of the claw machine by Sid, going back to his house.
1: Pretty convenient for them. I mean, if they're stuck at Pizza Planet, ain't no way they're getting back.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, why (laughs) would you want to leave?
1: So Sid is the savior of the movie. I don't know, man. Real facts.
0: Then we go to his weird uh, toy reassembly dungeon, <laughs> and man, talk about dark. Also, not uh, the most welcoming place. No. But uh, yeah, he, he takes his his uh, almost his daughter, his sister's toys, and basically takes them apart. And uh, yeah, not not a super nice kid. Definitely a lack of uh, some parental figures at the. I think it was it Sid Phillips. Yeah. Yeah, at the Phillips household so uh I don't know actually, poor, poor kid
1: actually find out later in our podcast series to figure out when Sid reappears in the toy Story movies yeah, what because to Sid? he does what happened to Sid? Sid is Sid will be back coming soon <laughs> and it's great I'm looking forward
0: to it Yeah. um yes yeah, so after Sid takes the toys he uh you know he's got bad intentions for him and he tries to melt a hole in woody and uh buzz ends up breaking some pieces uh but they eventually escape they eventually you know figure out a plan with the misfit toys and uh they escape via skateboard out the house and it is now their goal to catch the truck yep and uh they do that with the help of a handy dandy rocket and uh
1: again sid saved the day he gave him the rocket.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it almost killed him. Like, <laughs> if Buzz wouldn't have had those sweet Space Ranger wings, they probably would have died.
1: Yeah, and had Andy not, uh, yeah, had Andy's mom not decide not to move, they wouldn't have even had a problem. But here we are. Here we are. Here we are.
0: And, uh yeah, things all end up, uh, well... They uh they don't aim for the truck as they're flying in the rocket, they aim for the van and they end up taking a nice soft landing through the sunroof of the van and Andy notices and glances over and is his toys were there the whole time and nice happy ending, you know. Actually before that we do get a little Christmas scene at the close uh, when we find yes. out that Andy's family is getting a dog. Yeah. So Which is
1: an important part in the upcoming films
0: it is so yeah tune in for suds buds talk toy story 2 <laughs> but i think that's plenty of uh plot that yeah section
1: but, i mean that was quite literally the whole plot that was basically the yeah. whole
0: movie but uh what do you say we uh get around to the part that i've been looking forward to the most Little well, fun facts actually.
1: Oh, fun I wasn't sure if it was the beer review or the fun facts. Uh, you know.
0: I mean, I've been enjoying this beer, but well, yeah. it's something we've had quite a bit. <laughs> I've you had... know, I've just I always like it. it. it tastes great coming out of a, a corked bottle.
1: I've had my fair share of this beer. I could use a little bit more though.
0: A little top off?
1: Yeah. Well, uh yeah. well, we take a quick break, top off the beers. Yeah, you're gonna spill that. Oh, he didn't spill it. I saved it. Alright, good job
0: agreed though let's uh yeah let's take a quick little break and we will be right back with some pixar fun facts with suds buds presents pints and pixar (laughs) what's up everybody thanks for sticking with us on suds buds presents pints and pixar and as promised, we're back with some fun facts regarding Toy Story the first. So, uh, did you know that Steve Jobs was a majority shareholder in Pixar during their early years? In fact, in 1985, he paid $5 million to George Lucas, who currently held the technology rights at Pixar, along with an additional $5 million in cash as capital in the company. So, uh, yeah, friggin' Steve Jobs. You probably wouldn't have gotten a Toy Story had it not been for old Steve Jobs. So,
1: well, yeah, but we have iPhones now, so like, eh, it's, I would say it's about a wash. Yeah, it's you know it's, my feeling towards Apple.
0: I, I still got one. They still give me a headache. I told I told you we'd come back around on the Apple thing, and I'm not happy about it. But here we are. Um. So yeah, that little uh, that little tidbit that comes to you from Biography.com. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to save it and we'll plug all the sources <laughs> at the end. Better way. Um, but yeah, probably wouldn't have gotten a Toy Story had it not been for Steve Jobs. So, shout out. And also, R. I. P. I will say too, it kind of makes sense because you got to think where Apple was in the 80s, mm-hmm. it was probably in his best interest to partner with some people that could potentially use and showcase his tech and push it to its furthest capabilities. Which, I mean, even though Pixar didn't blatantly have you know apple branding all over it yeah you gotta imagine he was getting a kickback from that but uh i know things didn't uh i don't know how they ended with him in pixar but i know that in the later years there was some disputes and stuff of course over big money because we're talking steve jobs and like the biggest animation studio in the u.s
1: yeah well and i mean a good amount of graphic designers um animators whatever they they do use apple products um, a lot of it is just because they're kind of de- Apple's Apple computers are kind of designed in a way where there's not a lot of, um, customizability, Right. um, but they are pretty much built for the singular purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so they work really well in that sense. Um, and their products working back and forth, they're just overly expensive for what they are and, um, not that great.
0: Well, I think that's uh, everyone's heard enough about Nate's thoughts on Apple for now. So what do you say we move Tune on?
1: into uh, Suds Buds Presents Nate's Thoughts on the world?
0: Yeah, please don't. <laughs> um, so uh, our next fun fact is Tin Toy, which was the third short film animated by Pixar, was a big inspiration for Toy Story. Um, Tin Toy also won Pixar's the studio's first Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film, in 1988, so we're talking seven years before the public saw, you know, feasted their eyes on on Toy Story. Um, but yeah, the actual inspiration for it was was out there and winning awards uh, seven years prior. And actually, Steve Jobs ties into this one too because um, John Lasseter, who was uh, you know this was his early days working for Pixar, he was the director of Toy Story and a number of Pixar films um he basically they'd spent some money on on previous projects and animation was very expensive at the time and tin toy was like a short i want to say like 12 minute film or something and he knew that in order to get approval for this film he was going to need like close to an extra half a million dollars and so he was dreading this meeting with steve jobs eventually got the meeting um, Steve Jobs gave him three hundred thousand dollars out of pocket, and basically this became a thing for John Lasseter to. He now was somebody's investment. He now had to try to fulfill his dream of animating, you know, his his short, um, but also he was he was playing with Jobs' money, and he didn't want to let <sighs> down his his big investor. That, but.
1: playing with Jobs' money that that would have felt like some sort of like weird uh, like gangster film borrowed money from the mob and like he might i would believe steve jobs would come break some people's legs i yeah. yeah 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 i could see it or
0: at least if he wouldn't you know he he's he's got the money clearly and the people to do it
1: Yep, three hundred thousand out of pocket in 1995
0: it's like an apple version geek squad but they're just like <laughs> a mafia they arrive in teslas and <laughs> batons why would
1: they arrive in teslas i don't know apple that apple has like the own. techie car Does Apple have a car? Well, I think they're working on it. Of course they are. It's probably gonna
0: pair with your phone, but
1: Yep. Yeah. And then it'll get an update every year and by the fifth update it'll be broken.
0: It it won't start if you don't remember your Apple ID. Yeah, I can just see how that's going.
1: Have to call customer support.
0: But uh uh the the director of Toy Story, John Lasseter, he was um he ended up impressing Steve Jobs and you know, Steve Jobs stuck around for a while and uh it was very happy with the way Tin Toy turned out, and um, uh, Lasseter kind of became a, a a confidant of his, or I guess maybe not if not a confidant, um, one of uh, Jobs' protégés. Um, he thought very highly of him as a, an animator at the time, and there weren't a lot of people that had that know-how or the access to that kind of uh, computer capabilities, so he was doing something in a very small niche that was very expensive at the time, but was uh, kind of an expert at it. But unfortunately, as I told you before this, you know, John Lasseter's story is not the cleanest one. And, uh, I feel it's only fair. We mention that right up front, just because he's going to be someone that we're inevitably going to reference moving forward. So I'll let you Google him. He's had some stuff. Um, come up recently. He's no longer affiliated with Disney. I don't think he has been since like two thousand eighteen. But some uh workplace issues that aren't so cool involving, you know, some not super cool labor practices, overworking employees, um, as well as some sexual misconduct that's very disgusting and terrible. But uh yeah, I, you know, I guess my only thoughts are on it is he's been his name has unfortunately been attached to some Really beautiful content that we all enjoy, um, but it's definitely one of those, separate the art from the artist. John Lasseter doesn't seem like a, a fantastic dude by any means. No,
1: no. Uh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. And it's one of those, like... And he it's... makes kids movies, you know? Yep. Like, I think he
0: directed Bugs Life, uh, Cars 1 and 2, Toy Story, I think Toy Story
1: 2, I mean, it's like, it's
0: feels bad, man. Yep,
1: feels bad. But we can we can avoid talking about him and talk about the film and the other wonderful people behind it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I'll move along here with the fun facts. Um, so this is kind of just an interesting note on Pixar that ties into Toy Story. Um, Pixar films are written in production as the project moves and takes form. So unlike the traditional process where the screenplay would actually be a, a pre-production uh, element that then maybe is getting tweaked in production. You're usually not writing as you're shooting. At least that's not the the textbook way of doing it. But I feel like you know Pixar kind of marches to the beat of their own drum, especially kind of inventing this own style of feature length computer animated films.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's very clear they do what they want, and it reflects on their writers' room because, um, you know. Unlike the traditionally solitary writing process, Pixar screenplays are usually penned by several contributing screen- screenwriters. So we're talking very long hours and very crowded, very vocal writer's room where it's just constantly ping-ponging ideas and seeing what sticks. So it's uh, it's been very clear from the people I've heard on the inside that it's, it's not for the faint of the heart and it's not your typical, you know, just because you were a successful TV writer doesn't necessarily mean you're going to fit in with the pixar style
1: god that would be wild like i i've talked probably touched base on this but like animation is not an easy thing um i only barely dabble in it and it takes a very long time and you know they've got a team of people but like to just be actively writing the movie while these animators are you know building assets building out scenes doing everything you know every square inch by hand and it's like, but they don't even know what's going to be coming up next. Right. You know, it's basically, like, what is it? They, like, they get an email from, like, the writer's room. All right, we're going to need this scene, this scene, and this scene. It's like, just, yeah, that would be wild.
0: Yeah, I think also there's kind of this idea that, oh, well, if it's, if it's too expensive to do in real life, you just animate it. You know, and it's like, <laughs> it's not... Yeah, there's been instances where people have saved some money, but especially at this time, it's like, look at a film like uh, Tin Toy from uh, 1988. I mean, if you're to take a 12 minute short film on a $300,000 budget and you need to blow up a car, at that time, it's going to be cheaper to blow up that car versus to animate blowing up that okay. car in a studio, renting studio time, renting computers that no one owns the Macs that they're operating on at that time, other than Apple, you know, yep. or, or the studio that's, you know, <laughs> Apple's owner is a shareholder. And it's, it's, a it's not just a classic fix it in post. thing. No.
1: Well, and that, I think that's another thing people tend to not realize with animation is it's not, it's not like, um, like Illustrator necessarily where you're kind of designing, you're designing an image in layers um after effects like if you've ever opened that and you work with it even like a very good laptop can struggle with after effects because it's doing a whole lot of things all at the same time right animation is a very very computer processor heavy program or yep. heavy thing to do so you have to have and especially when those programs keep updating you have to have some very top of the line machinery just to run it. Yeah. Um like here's a here's a fun fact. that's not really related to Pixar, but whatever. Like if you were if you're into both animation and gaming, just buy a real expensive animation computer, because gaming uses pretty much all the same components. You just need a lot better versions to animate. Like they pretty much are they're very similar. So yeah, if you want to get into or if you just really, really love gaming and you want to be over the top for some reason, also buy a good animating computer.
0: There you go. You're here to hear from Nate. Yep. Do you by chance have a good animating computer?
1: Uh, I do not. I have a probably average computer. Uh, again, I don't really mess with animation a whole lot. It is something I'm kind of working in now, um, but just very short, like five second clips. Mm-hmm. Um, just more like logo branding kind of stuff. Cool. Um, but even that is again, very process heavy. Um, and it's wild to me seeing like even this movie in 1995 where it's like, okay, their programs were way worse than what we've got now. Oh yeah. And there, I mean, every little moving part on that screen, like there's, you know, a flat backdrop maybe, but every little moving part is requiring processing power to do. Yeah. And it's that's a lot. Like when you finally render it, you know, it doesn't have to actively do that process. But when you're actively animating something, every little bit is getting an instruction to do something. Every every pixel it needs to know where to go next, what what it needs to be doing. Right. And that's why it ends up being very heavy. If that makes sense.
0: I mean it does to my to my animation dumb brain I, I wouldn't even know where to start animating a project but i'm glad that that there's people that do know because mm-hmm. i i enjoy the hell of animation movies. Oh, hell yeah yeah they're just fun they're just fun exactly yep um yeah well, what do you say we give the people some more fun facts All right, here? All right fun fact it up um so pixar tentatively have the title of the film toy story as you are a toy I'm not making that up. Uh, the tentative title for Suds Buds Presents Pints and Pixar was going to be Suds Buds Presents You've Got a Friend in Me. Um, so I think their their placeholder of a title might have been just as bad as ours. Hey, um, shout out to Salus Dave for that title that had me that cracked me up that night. I was he's like, you should call it You Got a Friend in Me. I was like, oh my god, it's one of those goddamn it walk away moments. Yeah. Like, also, I love it.
1: Uh, that is going to be the name of my Randy Newman podcast, where I just roast Randy Newman for an hour every week.
0: I still think it's better title than "You Are a Toy." I mean, come on. It feels
1: like I don't,
0: like it's got like a weird. It VR doesn't even expect like, am I? Are we diving into this world?
1: Are we becoming the toys? It it feels like something where like the money man behind the project, like decided to throw their hat into the creative ring. like oh you are a toy it's like wow that kind of sucks just based on a poster (laughs) exactly uh, pretty dumb but yeah toy story they
0: they wound up with the right title i think yeah um so now how about some uh woody and tom hanks fun facts so Mm -hmm. woody was originally supposed to be a large ventriloquist dummy oh my god uh yeah, several notes from Disney Criticized Woody for being too creepy So uh, Lasseter eventually decided to make Woody A pull string toy Inspired for his own love of one as a child um, So yeah Basically it was to make him less creepy And to scale him down Because originally Woody was going to be like Four times as tall as everyone And have a weird like detached jaw And look sketchy as shit
1: Like Eric showed me the sketches Of what he was going to look like before the the current rendition, oh yeah, um, they're not for the faint of heart.
0: <laughs> no, and they're out there. Uh, if you're listening to this, hit pause right now. Pull up your Google machine and type in uh, Woody Toy Story. That
1: uh, sh- was just ventriloquist rendering.
0: Ventriloquist or early rendering. Um, yeah, yeah. You get some really weird uh, images of nightmares.
1: Yep. Yeah, not kind of looks like if you were like trying to find some like weird twisted fan art of something or like a weird interpretation on and you're like that can't be right and then you look at it you're like oh no that that was something original yeah
0: it's it's not pleasant and i think they wound up with the right design for for woody
1: i think it is fun like thinking about how these writing processes work where like that was an original idea that they had for the film or yeah you are a toy like all of these in hindsight clearly terrible ideas. Yeah. But, like, that's how the process works. Like, you end up with a whole bunch of crap, and you just whittle it down until you've got this.
0: Well, and sometimes if it doesn't work right away, that doesn't mean it's scrap for good. And we'll get to that in just a second here. Um, So, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks facts. Did you know Tom Hanks, uh, Master of Improv and Prop Comedy? Yeah. So, basically, this comes from a lot of different sources. Um, Tom Hanks was apparently just a delight to work with on Toy Story. which
1: I am surprised. Thanks Pixar yeah. for making
0: me like Tom Hanks even more. But yeah, apparently he, uh, he was just like, you know, on the ball with his character. Knew his character well enough where they gave him some freedom to just kind of ad-lib in the booth. Because people were loving it. Like everything he was saying was gold. So he's got lines that didn't make the cut for toy story one that he recorded in like 94 93 that are in the fourth film so and like the second and third so yeah he's like a lot of his outtakes was stuff where it just goes back to the weird writing process Mm -hmm. non-scripted lines that he just said and we're like Pixar is like we can't use that for this scene but we're gonna shelve it because that's (laughs) gold um and as far as the prop comedy thing he was also known for just like taking random items from the studio into the booth and just riffing off of these items and just having like the whole production staff and all the animators just in stitches. Um, and I guess that was also where the, um, the scene of him with, uh, Buzz's arm came from. He just grabbed like a a toy arm off of a doll and brought it into the studio and just started riffing with this arm. And so basically like that whole scene in a way is kind of like, it's not motion capture, but more yep. or less, it's they animated a real life instance and put it in the movie as a little physical comedy gig. So I don't know. I, I God got God bless out of Tom that. Hanks. I mean, even when even when his face isn't gonna make the movie, he's still a blast on set. That just makes me happy.
1: Everybody, tune to uh, Suds Buds presents Nate presents the Tom Hanks Stand Podcast. This
0: might be my favorite, though, all, right. all the
1: Tom Hanks facts. So during a 2011 interview
0: on the Graham Norton show, if you don't know Graham Norton, he's a Irish television presenter, think, you know, slightly older Irish version of uh, Chris Hardwick. Uh, he's confronted Tom Hanks with a uh, Woody doll and asked if it was actually Tom Hanks's voice coming out of the doll. And Tom Hanks' reply was not what you would have expected. He said, no, it's actually my brother, Jim. He said, uh, there's so many computer games and video things, that, video game things that they need my, uh, my, my voice for. So Jim just works on those all year long for side money. I don't know if he was doing a bit. Kind of seems like Tom Hanks fucking with uh, an Irish reporter. But uh, if it's true, shout out to Tom Hanks. Because he, he's also, even keeping the money in the family.
1: Shout out to Jim Hanks. <laughs> Yeah, for probably,
0: you know, being in your Toy Story PlayStation 1 video game.
1: <laughs> hey, I I wonder if those are on Steam. You think those games would be on Steam?
0: So I never played any of the Toy Story games. Well, like,
1: the one I remember playing is just like a side-scroller. Mm. Um, you start off in Andy's room. It's basically like an obstacle course kind of side-scroller thing. Um, SNES? uh i honestly don't remember what i would have been playing it on but that sounds right it sounds like
0: super nintendo and if that's the case i'd say there's a good chance you could find it on the switch
1: maybe the switch hasn't the switch store hasn't been great for old games sure but um i do have that emulator now
0: something to look into
1: yeah yeah i'm gonna gonna talk to a guy about a thing
0: Um, so moving along, cause we still got quite a few fun facts to get through here. Um, animator Pete doctor, uh, actually turned himself. It is a cool name. Uh, he turned himself and fellow staff members into toy soldiers for a day during production. Um, probably wondering what that means. I was too. when I read it at first, he basically got some wood planks in the office, cut them to size and nailed them to shoes screwed up making the prototype and put the nails through the bottom um eventually got it figured out and made prototypes of these for the whole office and basically had them doing weird things where their feet were connected much like a snowboard just to kind of figure out how to animate the movement of the army guys so it's kind of one of those things where again not exactly motion capture i don't think yeah but very cool how even the animators are you know going through these real-life scenarios to figure out... Because, you know, even they have things where it's like they don't know how to animate off the top of their head.
1: Well, exactly, because it's not like something... It's not like animating a person or an animal even where, like, there's footage, you can watch it happen. You're trying to animate how an army guy who has his, yeah, plastic foot or whatever, like the board underneath... How they would move
0: and moves like nothing in the real world exactly
1: but you need to make it look real need because like weirdly enough seeing it for the first time would be like that's not how they would move. so that's yeah that's <laughs> that makes sense actually uh for Lion King um, they had a lion trainer bring in a lion to the um to the animation studio so they could see how lions is like all the subtle movements. Just everything that they had to do to make sure that they were doing it as realistically as possible. Um, That's wild. Yeah, there's actually some really cool pictures of basically a room full of animators and this guy with a lion up front, like a weird college class almost thing. That's insane. Yep, just getting all the feelings down for it.
0: Just shows you how much uh, they care about it, how much time and money they're putting into Making something that is, you know, maybe be taken as unrealistic at face value and trying to make it as realistic as possible. Yep. It's weird. But uh, another fun fact, we got a tool time connection for uh, the home improvement fans out there, which I know Nate is one of them.
1: And you know that I am. I was actually my, I was Al Borland for Halloween last year. I loved it. It was a good, it was a good one. It was an easy one. Oh my God. Flannel, blue, I actually found a blue hard hat at a Goodwill. I get, it was one of those last-minute costumes where you're like, I do better under pressure. Walked into a Goodwill, saw that, Al Borland, bam. I was there when
0: you were chalk-markering the Tool Time logo on it at uh, the brewery. Look <laughs> looked good. But, uh, yeah, so there's a scene in the movie where uh, there's a toolbox, and on top of it's on top of the milk crate that Woody's uh, trapped in, and the toolbox is a Binford, which is the same type of tool that... Uh, Alan used on his hit television show, Home Improvement. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Tim Allen, that is. Sponsor for Tool Time. Benford Tools. And, like, honestly, growing up, I never knew that that wasn't a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yep.
0: I never noticed it until this watch-through. Another weird thing, interesting thing, I guess, is um, Andy's father was never supposed to be around. There's never been a... Uh, definitive reason as to why, but uh, editor Lee Unkrich, I really hope I'm saying that right, but yeah, Lee Unkrich uh, said that it was pretty clear from the get-go that uh, there was no sort of uh, father character for Andy, so uh, talk about things that were maybe a little bit ahead of their time. Not only was it the first ever feature-length animated film, but it also featured a single mother character, yeah. so... Um, kind of cool just showing that angle, especially for a film that's geared towards children and just kind of presenting a different reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more, becoming more common to see things like that now, but maybe not at that time.
1: I would imagine not at that time.
0: Especially because we talked about it too, like, Toy Story is a pretty mu- male-dominant cast.
1: Oh, yeah. I, well, yeah, because you had pointed that out. It hadn't even really dawned on me, but other, like, as far as the toys go, other than Bo, Bo and, yeah, can't think of any. No. Toy Story 2, you get Jessie. Um, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, even then, you get Jessie. Oh, and you get Miss Potato Head. Miss Potato Head. Who, which is, you know. She's delightful. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Who's she voiced by? We'll get into that next next episode.
0: Yeah. But I think, you know, it sucks that there wasn't more more female characters. But I was glad that there was at least, uh we had one strong lead with uh, Andy's mom. Who seemed like a pretty freaking cool mom. <laughs> Trying to trying to glue that family together, yep. Const- doing a good job taking her taking her uh, her boy out to uh, Pizza Planet.
1: Yep, got to get to Pizza Planet. Yeah, I'd go to Pizza Planet.
0: Moving them to a nicer neighborhood seemed like a good mom.
1: Well, the kid next door blows shit up. You got to move to a nicer neighborhood.
0: Yeah, no, Andy's mom, she's got it going on. <laughs> uh, so our next fact here is the film, arguably saved Etch a Sketch. <laughs> The uh, company was noticing a pretty big decline up until the movie, and then upon Toy Story's release, they saw a increase of sales upwards of 20%, so pretty cool. Shout out Toy Story, shout out es- <laughs> Edge of Sketch. It's a
1: big-ass gain.
0: Featured pretty heavily in the movie. I think it was used, like, three or four times to draw... (sighs) A real dark
1: scene with Mr. Potato Head? Oh, my God. Dude, the
0: noose. Like, Mr. Potato Head's just not feeling Woody. He was definitely the one that was, like, the most... Oh, he's
1: the instigator.
0: He was the one quickest to turn on Woody. Yep.
1: Um, But, yeah, there's a scene. It's, again, the dark scene. The attempted uh, toy homicide, or toy manslaughter.
0: All the toys are sleeping.
1: Yep, and... The uh, and so that the whole thing happens with Buzz. Buzz falls out the window. Andy comes rushing back into the room, so everybody, you know, becomes, yeah, a toy again. And Andy's looking at Woody, and Mr. Potato Head holds up the etch a sketch. <laughs> and the etch a sketch just draws, and it just draws a noose. Yep. Just yeah. Just a hangman. Just noose. A, a gallow. Right, right then and there. I was like, wow, that is. That was. That was heavy. Yep. He's yep.
0: like, We're we're gonna take you out, Woody.
1: Yep. Or like I mean, even right before that where uh where Ham was like <laughs> I got dibs on his hat. Yeah. Like, divvying up the parts of him. <sighs> yeah. yeah,
0: pretty rough. They uh for being Woody's friends, they were pretty damn quick to terminate. I him. again
1: I, just, I don't know that they were his and that kinda leads me back to my theory on how Woody became like the leader. Because yeah. clearly they were quick to turn on him. Yeah. Right? Um, seems a little
0: demanding, a little ornery. Seems like he could be a tough guy to work
1: for. Exactly. And that's the thing. is like, they're wor- it seems like they're working for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they turned on him pretty quick. So why is Woody, does Andy decide who is the leader by whichever toy he plays with most?
0: He's the only elector.
1: Andy is the elector. So it's more like a, more like a Catholic church thing. Where Andy, God, picks the Pope, Woody, and then Woody is in charge of everybody. I
0: love this. Yeah, no, that, okay. that makes so mm, much sense yep, to yep, me. Yep, yep, yep. I've never heard someone break down Toy Story in such a simple way.
1: It's like it, it makes so much sense. It, it feels like I don't know what the other explanation is.
0: Well, you're on fire, Nate, so I'm going to keep them coming <laughs> to you. Uh, this is kind of another little weird did you know. Uh, Sid's the only human in the film to observe the toys coming to life and interact with them uh like you kind of just mentioned they kind of just go limp they kind of just ragdoll any time a human walks in the room yep until they realize they can actually use the fact that they're inanimate objects to their their advantage where they all kind of come to life circle uh uh Sid and then Toy Story has or not Toy Story um Woody has the line that he says to Sid where he goes
1: uh so play nice yeah so play yeah. nice yeah um and that okay so i kind of presented this to you earlier um, with Buzz in particular in this sense. So all the toys, for some reason, then they even mention it. Like, you know the rules, or play by the rules. Like, there is a weird set of rules. We're not sure what it is, but they need to go limp. They can't have people see them running around. Now, when Buzz comes out of the box for the first time in that movie, mm-hmm. he he's frozen like any other toy. Like, yep. waits till the kids leave, and then comes two. Now, Buzz, at that point, assumes he is the actual Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. So, why is he freezing? Like, all the other toys freeze. I'm assuming they all know they're toys. But Buzz doesn't know he's a toy, and he still freezes. So, is it like a weird knee-jerk reaction? Hmm. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and then... I don't know, he might be jumping the gun a little bit, because this might be a question that could easily be answered, possibly in Toy Story 2, I don't know yet. Okay. But it hasn't been... We don't know that he's encountered another Buzz Lightyear yet until the second Toy Story. But well, you got to yeah. assume, I mean, this is pre-internet, pre-Amazon, I mean, you got to assume that he's not coming from a warehouse before he gets to Andy's house. you got to assume that he's coming off of a shelf from sure. a store that his mom bought him. Okay. You know? So... To me, I think, I agree with what you're saying. That's an interesting question, but I think to get to the root of that, you have to figure out, has he even seen another Buzz Lightyear, and if he hasn't, how? Because I gotta imagine he got pulled off a shelf with a million other light years, right?
1: So do they gain sentience when they come out of the box? Possibly, because he
0: thinks he's the OG, right? Yeah. Like, as soon as that plastic's open and he's on on Andy's Mm -hmm. desk, he's... He's the one and only space
1: <laughs> ranger. The plot thickens. The plot thickens because you're right, and in Toy Story two, we kind of see that. But yeah, maybe it is just a sentience out of the box. Cellophane keeps the toys at bay.
0: It's interesting. There's you know, and I think Pixar is pretty good at being aware of its continuity and kind of closing those 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 gaps that they open. Yeah, but. Like any animated movie, there's still times where you're watching it and you're like, you try to make sense of something for your minute, and then you just move on. You're like, it's a kid's movie. Exactly. You know?
1: I love that fallback. It's like, it's not supposed to make sense. It's fine.
0: That might be, we'll find out in yep. the second Toy Story, but the whole last five minutes might all wrap back S- to, it's a kid's
1: movie. Suspend reality. Yep. It'll be fine. Yep. yep.
0: And sometimes it's better that way.
1: I think so. Well,
0: yeah. Even as adults. <laughs> um... So, Toy Story was also the highest grossing film in 1995. Big deal. Animated film. Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Um, it was also the first of John Ratzenberger's 22 Pixar appearances. Iconic 22. voice. 22. If you don't know the name, you know the voice. That's
2: like
1: more movies than a lot of actors have been in. Yeah. Yeah. And he's,
0: um, he was, I believe in cheers was his uh his first big like tv thing yeah i mean
1: that was like a big startup for a lot of those people yeah Um, that was yeah
0: but he was a tv actor and then uh yes started lending his his voice later in his career but was kind of loyal to pixar and actually um kind of bummed but i just read today that so i've seen soul which by the way Love I have, Soul.
1: I haven't seen that one yet. I'm very excited to watch it. But now I can't watch it until that episode.
0: I would say watch it tonight and watch it <sighs> yep. as many times before that episode because it's a good one.
1: But it's one of those, like, there's not going to be a lot of those movies go for this podcast that I'm going to be able to come off like, wow, okay.
0: That's, that's true. That's one that you're going to want to talk after you see it. Yeah. Watch it the night before.
1: Yeah. Like, I'll probably watch it the night before and then maybe we'll watch it before recording. But, yeah. like... Just so I can pick up on some more stuff, not just be focused on the general story. Sure. But, anyway.
0: But, yeah, so John Ratzenberger, he, uh, he opted out of uh, Pixar's 23rd film, Soul. Wasn't able to find too much about the why of that. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he announced he wouldn't be a part of it. Um, the film the people behind the movie announced that he would, in fact, have a small cameo in it. Um, but upon the release of the film, people were wondering where his, his cameo was. And I guess the animators announced that, uh, he's actually like a passerby. His likeness is animated in the film. Uh. He doesn't have any dialogue. But that to me was kind of a bummer because, uh, I think he's got a great voice and man, what a streak to break.
1: Yeah. Like you've you've done all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Makes
0: me a little sad. I'm wondering if there's a, a deeper reason, but, uh. You know, he's got 22 films that you can enjoy his presence in. 22
1: out of 23. And he's ham, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For
0: people listening. He's ham in Toy Story, and uh, I guess the next film he'd appear in would be Bugs Life as
1: P.T. Flea. Yep. Leader of the circus. (sighs) Freaking P.T. Flea. Can't get into that right now, because that might be my favorite Disney character.
0: That one's five movies away, but we'll get there. I'm excited for Bugs Life. That one's great. But uh, going along here with uh, Toy Story, um, it also set a Guinness World Record for being the first feature-length computer animated movie ever made. Kind of a fun fact. Um, Billy Crystal also has said that one of his biggest career regrets is turning down the role for Buzz Lightyear, as he was the studio's top choice. Opted out of it, and uh, yeah, to this day, wishes he could go back and redo that one. And I friggin, can see why. Yeah,
1: friggin' R.I.P. Billy Crystal. I feel like, man... I mean, he's still alive, but, like, R.I.P.
0: The money he could have made... The money anyone could made off of, you know, the licensing of Toy Story, I feel like, is insane.
1: God. Yep. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, And it's then. literally, a, like... It's literally a movie about toys. So making toys out of literally every character is, is... That's fine. That's expected. And that's what the people want. Like, there's not a lot of movies like that... But, like, in this one in particular, the toy is the character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a little different.
0: No, I feel I feel that. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're getting pretty close to the, the last of our fun facts here. Um, One of our last ones here, director John Lasseter believes the production success of the cross-studio film The Nightmare Before Christmas led to toy story actually getting the green light from the studio being disney that is um before uh the tim burton film no disney animated movie had been made outside the company um and yeah toy story was kind of the the big groundbreaking one um for you know allowing the option of kind of uh cross collaboration between production studios disney kind of kept their stuff pretty tight it seemed like um
1: yeah that's which is kind of paying off for them yeah like not a lot of collaborations because and now they own all of these very successful ips totally um eh, i get it
0: yeah i think it that's probably more of a a big deal happening than whereas in today's day it doesn't seem like a huge deal but you think about nightmare before christmas and when that came out Mm. it's like it makes sense you know disney was clearly trying to do some different stuff at that time it showed yeah yeah pixar definitely falls right in line with that so uh yeah happy for it i definitely like toy story more than nightmare before christmas but they're both classics
1: nightmare before christmas is one of those i feel like i need it needs to be the right season to watch Mm -hmm. and i'm never really sure what that season is
0: yeah it's a weird one
1: yeah
0: um and our last fun fact here is Toy Story, the first, is one of the few films that holds a rare 100% on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Ain't many of those.
0: We got some thunder in the background Ooh. if you that. I'm sitting in a nice little storm here. But, uh, yeah, so that does it for our fun facts on Toy Story. Quite a bit of stuff there with it being uh, the first feature-length animated Pixar film, but hopefully you enjoyed some of those. Um... I guess really all we have left to do is talk about the music a little bit and get some ratings in. All right, yeah. So let's not waste any time. We got a few little facts about the music here. Um, He's almost could have probably gone into fun facts, but c'est la vie. Um, It received an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Score and Best Original Song for You've Got a Friend in Me. Um director John Lasseter did not want the film to be a musical from the get-go.
1: Now that is a big thing I think that's it's a big part the difference between Disney and Pixar movies. That's one of the key differences is that Pixar movies never have a musical number. Like almost every Disney movie like the main character has their whole musical bit. Yeah. And while I wouldn't consider a Disney movie to be a musical like, there's for sure a musical bit to it. Yeah. Um, and in Pixar movies, it's just a well-written song that backs up the scene. Like, the, you'll never catch the, well, I guess I can't say you'll never because I haven't seen any of or some of the new ones, but in general, you don't see the person or the main character singing along to a song. Yeah. then They don't have a yeah whole scene like that. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people don't like because you know Disney owns Pixar Mm -hmm. and you know they both make animated films so like there's a little difference between them
0: definitely yeah Disney Animation Studios and Pixar Presents are very very different things I agree Mm -hmm. um yeah so I thought that was interesting too and also like I know we talked about a lot of the bad stuff about John Lasseter, but one thing I will say about this guy is he comes across as incredibly driven and just, just, he's not going to let anyone tell him no when it comes to a, a business sense, which it sounds like ended up being where some of his problems stemmed from. But I mean, he's tells stories about sleeping under the desks at the animation studios just to get in the most of his editing hours. Um, Talks about these these face to face meetings with people like Steve Jobs and Disney execs talking about massive sums of money. And also you read more about him. He's a giant like Hawaiian shirt collector, guy with big round glasses. So you picture this That's a guy I don't trust. (laughs) Yeah, you don't trust and also it's like you, you try to picture him getting the opportunity to sit face to face with a Steve Jobs and you got this, you know, guy in cargo shorts with a floral shirt. And, you know, big glasses casually asking for a a $300,000 bailout. It just, you read about him more and he comes across as a very interesting figure. And so I think uh, when he, when he talks about Disney wanting seven songs in a meeting and he Hmm. tells him he's like, yeah, we'll give you like three. And they kind of walked, you know, parted ways on that. And in his mind, he even knows, he's like, I think I just lost the gig right now. And he just, he knows that he's accepting of it, but he's like, gotta find a way to seal the deal so what does he do gets randy newman on board and i think he their way of putting it i don't think it was him that put it that way but it was somebody else that was involved in that choosing they said they chose randy newman because they couldn't think of another artist that they could get a more sincere insincerity from and i just loved that description because it's like i don't know what randy newman is but that that sounds right you know
1: (laughs) If you hear one Randy Newman song and you hear that line, like, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. Yep. It's just like a weird. I don't know. Songs aren't really about anything or they're about like one very simple idea. They're not a story. They're not. I don't know. It's his songs in this movie, especially, are very weird. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And just reading this whole story that I kind of just went over, it's almost something I wish was like animated or it was like made into like a a little like moving far side comic (laughs) where it's just. You got a bunch of Disney suits, you know, run a boardroom. Well, welcome, John. You know, we want a seven to nine song musical, like, you know, and he's like, best I can do is three, like shake hands, walk away, email him next week. Like, all right, we got Randy Newman. He's working on three songs (laughs) and a duet with Lyle Lovett for the end credits. It's like,
1: we good, we good. Yeah, we good. All right, we good. (laughs)
0: Like the man knows how to counter, but man wish he didn't have to be such an asshole because i read some of this stuff and it's like it's inspirational as someone who you know graduated film school and just can relate to that hustle and bustle and pre-production and yeah long hours and you know eating pizza with a a crew late at night after you wrap and you got to be back on set and you'll
1: see him in roughly eight hours from when you last saw him if you're lucky maybe
0: more like five and you're like oh i still got a little beer left here too like (laughs) tomorrow's gonna be fun hey my
1: thermos is still warm from last night cool yeah
0: it's it truly is a a family atmosphere and i definitely get that vibe from pixar and uh yeah it's a bummer if anyone in that family you know had uh sour feelings when you know when they left because just reading what what it was like in the 80s it's it's inspirational Yeah. yeah um so yeah kind of touched on the songs um three randy newman songs ended up making the film three original tunes technically four if you count uh there was a variant of it was the same song same song same song yeah
1: do you Um, like the duet or not i guess but same song
0: yeah duets fine they're both good i think i like just the randy newman version
1: feels more randy newman this feels like a a reprise if that yeah it is a reprise so
0: Lyle Lovett's just kind of got a take it or leave it voice. Like, I feel like. Oh, and his...
1: Randy Newman doesn't?
0: <laughs> but at least Randy Newman's is distinct.
1: Well, that's true.
0: Like, I feel like Lyle Lovett's a CD that you'd still, like, find for sale at the front kiosk by, like, an old, like, coffee shop. You know, they're probably selling we'll a Lyle to, Lovett we'll CD. You go to
1: very different coffee shops.
0: I go to coffee shops where, uh, you know, none of the chairs in the building match each other. There's a weird piano in the corner. There's a bunch of plants in the window.
1: That sounds you know, exactly like your house.
0: Attractive old moms that work there. Well,
1: Okay, less like your house. <laughs> Got him. All right. Yeah, shout out to Ginkgo. Shout out <laughs> Ginkgo,
0: right off of Snelling. Uh,
1: Eric, stop hitting on coffee shop places. <laughs> I
0: don't. Um, and, uh, I guess I got one more music fact here about Toy Story. It, uh, oh, actually, no, I, I got to plug the last songs. We got, uh, You Got a Friend in Me, Strange Things, and I Will Go Sailing No, no More, which I, I thought Strange Things was a sad song. And then you listen to I Will Go Sailing No More, and it's like,
1: what happened to you, Randy? What yeah,
0: the fuck happened to Randy Newman on a sailing trip? Exactly. And he gives you
1: no details.
0: I will
1: go, go sailing. sailing.
3: No more.
1: And I like that he wrote the song for the movie. And nowhere in the movie are you sailing. No. Like, so like he's putting some sort of weird life experience into the song that he's writing specifically for this movie. Yeah but isn't referenced at all in the movie.
0: The the soundtrack to uh, Buzz Lightyear contemplating suicide jumping out an open window from the third story of a suburban home. <laughs> After realizing he's just a toy, he, he knows he can't fly.
1: Again, I think we got very different interpretations of what that scene was supposed to be.
0: Um, I think what they bookended it with was pretty clear. I mean, you got a commercial sure. that he clearly watches on TV TB, that constantly reiterates that he's just a toy cannot mm-hmm. fly you mm-hmm. know all these bells and whistles are battery-powered little spring-powered gizmos he ain't going
1: anywhere sure and but clearly he's trying to get to that window
0: yes yeah, so he can jump out and end it dude
1: but if he's trying to end it why wouldn't he just jump off the railing same literally the same distance down yeah.
0: Maybe he wants to hide the evidence. Maybe he wants to <laughs> rot into the soil rather than be discovered on the stairs.
1: I mean, okay, sure.
0: I think, you know, you, you talk about the noose in the Etch-A-Sketch, but to me that's the darkest scene in the movie, and I think pairing it with that song.
1: Again, I, I feel like you're putting some dark overtones that aren't, aren't necessary Than that.
0: Let's just approach it this way. Maybe he's not contemplating suicide. Maybe he is actually going to try and see if he can fly. Still pretty dark, right? Because he literally dark. just watched footage saying that he couldn't.
1: Well, yeah, but, I mean, what about people telling you you can't do this, you can't do that, and then you prove them wrong? He needed to prove to himself. He needed to know for himself that he was a toy.
0: I think if uh, it goes back to if the the biggest reason you're trying to prove a point is because of pride, you're, you're, you're walking a slippery slope.
1: It was literally my antithesis.
0: <laughs> I know. I know it's why we disagree so much, but uh, <laughs> either way, it was a it was a kind of a, a bummer of a scene. But man, that song! If anyone uh, knows what happened to Rainy Newman on a sailboat, shoot us an email. Still the same, <laughs> uh, sudsbudspod at gmail.com. We'd love to know. We would love to know. Um, yeah, man, that uh, I think that does it. That does it for our our fun facts, our summary, our music uh, music notes on Toy Story the first. I loved it. Yep. It holds uh,
1: up. It, it, it's, again, timeless, and they, they designed it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, well, unless toys become not popular, which, okay, maybe. Yeah. In what
0: world will that be? Yeah. Exactly. Kids will just be playing with their NFTs on the playground. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking
1: future, man. That is for a different episode of Nate's Views on the World. Um,
0: <laughs> that, hey, that's our next sp- podcast.
1: Sponsored by Suds Buds. Yeah. Er- Eric just pays me to to riff on the on podcast
0: if you ever want to start nate's views on the world i will totally just be uh i'll be silent other than just just feeding your rain you can things you can just world.
1: hold me flashcards yep. and i'll just i'll go off perfect perfect yep. Got a lot of opinions on a lot of things it'll
0: be like uh the the top 10 on the late show but i'll just i'll just hold up the top 10 of things that i think will piss nate off
1: oh well, it will be a beer-centric podcast, then, because going to need the beer.
0: Well, hopefully you weren't too pissed off with tonight's episode. I know yeah. Nate and I weren't, because uh, it was a good movie, and there was no lactose in the beers. Hey! But, uh, yeah, ratings here. So, you know, we got to stick with what we do, which is we rate stuff. That's what the yep. Suds Buds do. Uh, we're still going to adhere to the beer ratings, so that'll be our first one. Nate, what are you giving this beer
1: the bald man uh into the void Belgian triple uh that beer that beer is a five for me I uh, I mean I love that beer I've loved that beer since the first sip and it's a beer that honestly I'd probably drink more than I should <laughs> and I just keep coming back to it uh will never turn down a 10 ounce pour or a pint of that I've done that once or twice not at work but you know work adjacent um so that beer is a solid five for me
0: nice i like that rating i don't think you've given out a lot of five stars on the show that nope. might be your first actually
1: it might be my first and i stand by it <sighs>
0: it's gonna be tough i i'm thinking of reasons not to give it a five um yeah i'll meet you there man let's start yeah. off strong starting off strong five star beer for episode one i it feels is, good Honestly, probably not a good thing, but probably the beer I drink the most of right now. It's just like I don't really drink cups of beer anymore at work. It's just like it's a lot, and I gotta drive home, and yep it gets warm. So, like the new thing is just you know on every hour or whatever, you know every couple hours, go back and pour a little five ounce sample, sip it there, um, and I like doing that a lot more. But this has been my go to for sure. Yeah, the void. So if you are in our neck of the woods, come on out to Bald Man. We'll pour you a cold one. <laughs> you won't be disappointed.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Um. So yeah, five stars for that beer. How about uh, we give this film a rating? <sighs> so do we want to do a number system for the films? Or we, do we just kind of want to do like... When I say number system, do we want to do like a zero through five? Or do we just kind of want to put it in a place as far as one through twenty-three? Just start off easy and put Toy Story as one.
1: I think that's fair. I Actually, I like that a lot more because yeah. that way if we like one movie slightly better than another. It doesn't Slide. mean I don't like that movie any less. It's just I like this one more. I like that a lot. So we'll just be like a big rank system. And then at the end, we'll know what our favorite movies are.
0: Yeah, we'll give you me and Nate's one through 23 and it'll be a lot less decimals, a lot less math. Yeah, yeah just kind of can plug and play as we go each week.
1: And there's no ties.
0: And there's no ties. And there's no ties. Or, you know, maybe there is if that's how you roll. We'll see.
1: Got to force one in there. Yeah. Bugs Life is going to be surprisingly high on my list.
0: <sighs> yeah, I, man, I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to look at a, a body of work as big as 23, you know, feature length films mm-hmm. and be confident in saying that. This first one's going to hold the number one for a while. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, I love Toy Story 2. I love Toy Story 3. Haven't seen 4. I love Bug's Life. I love Monsters, Inc. But I don't know. This is still like... If you would have asked me before doing this podcast what my favorite Pixar movie was, Mm -hmm. I would have probably said Ratatouille. But like...
1: Very excited for that one.
0: What means the most to me? Which one I've seen the most? Oh, Toy Story hands down, dude. Most... Maybe the most influential film of my childhood.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, it is. I mean, for one, like, we grew up on that movie, but the fact that that movie still holds up, it's not like one of those weird Disney Channel original movies where, like, kind of ages out and you couldn't possibly show it to somebody now that had never seen it because it's trash now. Yeah. Like, it's not just a nostalgic value.
0: Right. No, it it holds up so well. Yeah. Yeah you just listen to us talk about it for an hour and a half i urge you to go watch it um
1: (laughs) it'll take roughly the same amount of time yeah hey it's
0: about right uh this is our final thing before we hit the road favorite song we're gonna do that the same way where at the end we'll just compile our 23 favorite pixar songs rank them from first to last um we heard three original ones in this
1: strange strange things for me it's got to be strange things like you got a friend in me is fine but, like, that for sure won't hold up in the rankings going forward.
0: Yeah, I agree. Strange Things, that's my favorite, too. Um, yeah, something about it. Rainy Newman just comes in banging on that piano. It's,
1: yep.
0: it's a rock and roll song. Dude. It is a rock
1: and roll song, and it kind of changes the mood a little bit, where you're like, all right, we're moving along now. It's game time
0: yeah what did i text you right after i it was right after i watched toy story for the first time you were at work and i sent you a message (laughs) like yo dude just watch toy story And the next message was like strange Strange things
1: is a banger or something like that yeah
0: it's like billy joel if billy joel was hard and didn't suck
1: (laughs) i really hope that's not what you text but if it is i will post the screenshot of it on our instagram
0: Sounds good. Well, <laughs> let's uh let's take the people home with a little strange things by Randy Newman. Thanks everybody. Tune in next week as we chat about Toy Story 2 on Sudsbuds presents Pints of Pixar.
3: I
2: was on top of the world living high. It was right in my pocket. I would live in the life. Things were just the way they should be. When from out of the sky like a bomb comes some little punk in a rocket. Now all of a sudden, some strange things are happening to me. I had friends. I had lots of friends. Now all my friends are gone. And I'm doing the best I can. Here on. You think you know well, it turns out a stranger. The minute you turn your back, you're in it all by yourself. The laugh of your jokes, you think you're doing quite well, but you're in danger, boy. You end up alone, forgotten, well up on the shelf. Strange.